Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week 11. We are, we are getting deep into the season. How are you doing? You ready to go? Ready to rock and roll, Joey. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Well, that's on this Tuesday, on this Tuesday evening. There you go. There you go. Well, I, I need you to pay attention as we uh, as we go through these games and don't get too caught up trying to watch all the action that is now taking place on Tuesday nights. Um, this is this is still ACC night because we're talking, you know, ACC football and the basketball that's, conference. That's talking. right. That's right. And plus, I mean, I I can't say I have not watched any action tonight because I have, but the game that matters is tomorrow. That is correct. That is correct. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Mike, week 11 is upon us. Uh, as always, let's start by recapping where we stand in terms of Van Gorder coin. Uh, we, so again, we started the season with 500 each. We are placing Van Gorder coin wagers to try to indicate where we actually feel strongly about our picks versus are just making picks to, uh, to satisfy the requirements of being on this podcast. I don't make the rules. We just, we have to pick every total and every, uh, every spread. So it just right. is what it is. Right. Yep. Uh, Mike, I had a rough week last week. Yes, you did. Uh, I was down 51 80, a uh, couple mm. of, a couple results that, you know, very easily could have gone my way and they decided not to, um, Louisville, for instance, ran the ball <laughs> like three times from the two yard line with a quarterback on a gimpy knee and did not score a touchdown to win that game, which would have, you know, helped, uh, follow up Georgia uh, how's that how's that win total bet looking no it's no it's I mean life support they gotta I think they gotta win out which is not impossible but we're just let's go ahead and pencil that in as a loss I was gonna say not likely either not likely at all um thankfully the Pittsburgh win total bet doing okay it doing is okay. It, doing well we need one more to get there I believe I'm not mistaken uh, Can't wait to preview this one. Yeah, we'll get there in just a second. Um, so I'm down 5180. My total is now 392.15. So I'm down a little over 100 Van Gorder coin on the season. Mike, you also had a, a little bit of a tough week last week, but not as tough. You were down 2770. Uh, and that gives you a season total of 404.50, which I believe, Mike, means that you are 404 the culture, if I'm not mistaken. That means I'm going to lose more, right? <laughs> Am I doing this right? Uh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. That is correct. Uh, so, Mike, good luck this week as I try to make up 12 Van Gorder coins somehow, some way. We'll see if we can make that happen with these uh, spreads and totals this week. Uh, before we jump into those games, Mike, we got to remind the people that all of the spreads, all the totals that we talk about here are brought to you by BetUS.com. Mike, you know this. It's America's favorite sports book. They have been is in it? business. It is. It is. They've been in business for over 30 years. Uh, they, they've got betting on college football, the NFL, uh, the NBA. College basketball is starting up, apparently. It is. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, it is. We just got past Election Day, but there's you know politics or other world events you can go bet on. All sorts of things. Uh, anything you want to bet on, you can go bet on it at BetUS.com. Uh, we implore the people to join us there, having some fun with these spreads and totals. Uh, use promo code GOACC for a 125% bonus on your first deposit of at least $100, Mike, uh, at BetUS.com. And again, 
you, you can still find Heisman odds. You can find lots of different things on there. Uh, some team totals, some alternate numbers. Like there's all sorts of things. You can um, bet on Bowling Green, which you, is something. You can even bet Bowling Green. They've got indie stuff such as Mac football games that you can bet on there. It's it's great. Yep. Even in the weird state of Ohio. That's that is correct. That's correct. So use promo code GOACC for a hundred and twenty five percent bonus on your first deposit of at least a hundred dollars at betus.com. Mike, let's get going. Seven thirty PM on the Thursday night on ESPN. First of all, thank is this the first Thursday night game we've had this year? Like the second since like week one? I don't know. It seems like I feel like we haven't had like yeah, haven't had many. Yeah, we've had some Friday nighters, but I'm not sure we've had many, many or at all. Thank God for the return of ACC football on Thursday nights. I love this. Yeah, uh, seven thirty on ESPN. The North Carolina Tar Heels on the road, a six and a half point underdog, taking on the number twenty five Pittsburgh Panthers from Heinz Field. It's the big catch up bottle, Mike. Um, Total is 73. Um, do you feel strongly one way or the other about this spread? No. No, do you? I kind of like Pittsburgh here. I, I kind of feel like the the matchup favors Pittsburgh. Like what, we, what we've learned about North Carolina so far this year, at least offensively, is that they are not a particularly consistent or successful team when it comes to passing the ball. And they really want to rely on their run game. And I feel like that really plays into Pittsburgh's defense's hands because they're Pittsburgh's defense. You can beat them throwing the ball down the field into that secondary. What you cannot do with almost any level of success, what almost nobody can do is run the ball at them. If that is your game plan is to run the ball 45 times, you're going to lose. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like I feel like Carolina will be able to throw a little bit in this game. You know, I just, have they been able to throw that much this year? I mean, Howell's stats are pretty good still. I mean, he's thrown for 2,400 yards, 20 touchdowns, seven picks. He's got Josh Downs has been really good. He's got that going for him. <laughs> he's got Josh Downs. That be is fine, true. right? He'll be fine. I, uh, I agree from a, matchup standpoint i think this game favors pittsburgh but i think this is going to be tight like i i do i i can't look at this game and definitively be like oh yeah you know pittsburgh can pittsburgh can and should win this going away uh because they haven't done that consistently lately right Mm -hmm. i mean pittsburgh struggled in the first half of the game last weekend against duke it took them a while to get going um late second quarter they turned it on they never looked back you know, Pittsburgh lost a head scratcher to Miami a couple weekends ago that, you know, we were looking at like, wow, what is Pitt doing? They're good for at least one of these a year. And we saw that at home, by the way, at, at Pitt o'clock, right on a Saturday. The and only. Yeah. And, and this is a, this is a home game for Pitt. And I think that helps, but you know, they've, they've lost some weird games this year. They lost the Western Michigan game. They've, lost that Miami game they definitely should have won they gave up 426 yards to Tyler Van Dyke and Miami and yeah Tyler Van Dyke and Miami the passing game has gotten better there but I can't say definitively I would take Miami's passing game tomorrow over Sam Howell and North Carolina's like it's been good the last couple weeks but I I mean I just think that Carolina is going to have some success in this game throwing the football 
And quite honestly, I think they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit. And Pittsburgh's defense has been pretty good stopping the run. You know, I, they, they have. And Carolina is going to want to try to run the ball with Ty Chandler and even maybe even more importantly with Sam Howell, who has turned into quite the weapon as a runner in a different way this year, right? Um, he's actually looking to run more than just in the scramble game. Like he's a willing and able runner. I think some of that's out of necessity because they're not getting the production out of the running game that they that they got last year with Michael Carter and Javante Williams. So I think that's certainly part of it. But I think Carolina covers here. I think Pitt wins because I do think Pitt's the better team. They're playing at home. They're more balanced. I think the matchup versus them on paper. But I think Carolina plays this close. Um, I'm going to go Carolina plus six and a half. I think Pitt wins the game. Carolina plus six and a half. And I'm going to go over here on the total because I think in order for Carolina to, to cover that six and a half or maybe even win outright, this game's going to have to go over. It's going to have to be high scoring. So give me Carolina. Yeah, Pitt's scoring a lot of points this year. Um, hard, to, hard to predict holding them down to 28, 31 points with the way that this North Carolina defense has been playing. Um, Mike, I'm, I'm looking at something right here that tells me that the pick that I just made – is really a pretty bad one historically. <laughs> oh, well, um, I mean, looking at your Van Gorder coin balance, I guess that adds up. Uh, it's shocking, right? Truly shocking. Um, Pitt and North Carolina have played 14 times in history, um, dating back to 1974. Would you care to guess how many of those 14 games have been decided by more than seven points? four it would be three of them oh i was close you were very close. close uh yeah since north carolina or since sorry since pittsburgh joined the acc carolina and pittsburgh have played seven times carolina's won six of them none of them have been by more than seven points including last year's or uh, the pittsburgh win from two years ago in 2019 uh it was a 34 27 win by pitt these teams are constantly playing like three and four point games for whatever reason throughout history. Um, I don't know how that, how or why that is necessarily. And it's making me very uncomfortable. On the other hand, uh, Josh Downs leads North Carolina with 74 receptions this year in nine games. He's catching eight plus passes per game. Yep. Um, that's, that's a lot. That's really impressive. Mike, North Carolina's second leading receiver, just in terms of volume of receptions, is Antoine Green. Would you care to yes. guess how many receptions Antoine Green has on the season as North Carolina's second leading receiver? I just had up on my screen, so I'm going to be cheating, but it's not in front of my screen now. Like 32. It's 22, Mike. 22. Damn it. See, I knew there was two in there. There's not a single player on North Carolina's team not named Josh Downs that has more than three catches a game. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. They just pepper two and a half, Two and a half catches a game. Yeah. And Emory Simmons transferred out of the program, so he's no not even on the roster anymore. Yeah, he's like their fourth leading receiver or whatever by reception count. I mean, yeah, so he's in the portal. So, um, again, it comes back to what I said against North Carolina like two weeks ago. I think it was the Notre Dame game. It's like, do they have two guys that can cover Josh Downs? Because I think they can figure the rest out if that's the case. And I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm kind of going back and forth here. I feel like I'm a, a bit of a uh, schmuck for picking Pittsburgh here and laying points. 
Like this feels like a situation I should be giving or uh, should be taking the points with North Carolina, but I'm just going to lay them. I felt a lot more confident at the beginning of this segment than I do now, but um, you know, you, you talk through it, you tweet through it, you do those things, Mike, and uh, yeah, Pittsburgh minus I, six and a half. I think they they win by specifically seven points. Wow. Okay. Uh, maybe something like thirty-eight, thirty-one. Pretty close, maybe slightly under the total. It's kind of a lot of points, especially if Carolina somehow struggles to score. Um, yeah, give me the under, but I don't feel great about either of those. I don't think I'm going to wager either way. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not either. All right. Well, plus there. the Thursday night short week, you know that that plays into it as well. I mean, this is these games are just naturally harder to bet. Weeknight unders, baby. Let's go. Weeknight unders. Not that. Not that I'm actually wagering on this uh pit in the under for me north carolina in the over for you i think those game scripts kind of line up on how that should work too uh let's go to saturday mike let's start on 7 30 on the acc network i am personally offended that this game got relegated to the acc network and not like abc or espn but alas either way uh the number 19 nc state wolfpack are a two-point underdog on the road taking on the number nine Wake Forest Steam and Deeks. Total is 66 and a half. Yes, these rankings are outdated. It does not account for the fact that Wake Forest lost last week. Um, the college football playoff rankings were released after I put the, the spreadsheet together, so we're stuck with that. Wake is number 12 in the playoff rankings. Number and, 12. NC State is, and NC State is 16th. Number 12 versus number 16. There you go. Uh, we will update that and keep moving. Um, Boom, baby. Mike, it's the Atlantic Division Championship game. Uh, yep. for, for all intents and purposes, I, I think it may be mathematically possible for someone else to win the division, but it's almost certainly going to be one of these two teams. Yep, that's correct. Wake Forest, lock it up. Oh! What's better than this? Better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. <laughs> Please. Uh, we, uh, yeah, so uh, Mike, since technically... A little bit, you know, pull the curtain back here. The people don't really know how this all works. Uh, you don't actually get to hear what comes off the soundboard. It just kind of goes into production. So, yes, that's correct. Just so you know, not only did you lock it up, but also nothing is better than this guy's being dudes, Mike. Oh, okay. So <laughs> that made it in there as well. You caught me so off guard that we got both of those in there. So good stuff. All right. <laughs> well, make sure to leave those both in, by the way. <laughs> Deal. Okay. So yeah. we locked up Wake, right? Yeah, we locked it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I locked up Wake. All right. Uh, NC State never wins in Winston-Snell. That is true. Yep, and you put in the sheet, because I was scrambling looking for a stat, I realized you put in the sheet, Wake Forest 10-2 against NC State in Winston-Snell, going back to 1997. So thank you for finding that. Uh, this is a tough spot for NC State. They almost never win in Winston-Salem. Wake Forest coming off of a really, really tough loss, a game they should have won, quite honestly. They were up you know, multiple scores there in the second half, could put it away. You know, This is a game that, you know, I think Wake Forest could win at home. The way I look at this, too, is offensively, can NC State keep up? Mm -hmm. Can they keep up, right? And that's not to say that Wake Forest is going to come out and get a million stops with their defense, but can NC State keep their offense on the field? You know, we talked about in the recap, uh, the Week 10 recap that we just recorded a couple nights ago, that it's becoming a trend that NC State is having trouble running the football. Yep. They're having trouble running the football. I don't know if they're going to have trouble running it this weekend against Wake Forest necessarily, but... 
well, yeah, and that probably that that was my next point. That probably has more to say about Wake Forest than NC State maybe figuring it out. But if you're going to figure it out, this would be a good weekend too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, can can you do that against Wake Forest defense? Can you run the ball? Can you get more balance in the offense? Uh, Devin Leary's been good. The problem is that I don't know if NC State can consistently run the football for four quarters, which is going to be an important thing to keep an eye on in this game because if NC State's offense struggles a little bit, which I don't anticipate them struggling too much, but they struggle a little bit to stay on the field. Wake Forest is a type of offense that isn't going to wait. They're going to just try to move the ball down the field as quickly as possible and, and force you to keep up. I think a big part of NC State's game plan here is going to be to keep the ball out of Sam Hartman and that offense's hands. You know, Wake Forest is putting up a billion points per game. So sit on the football a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, especially going on the road. I mean, you don't want Wake Forest. Wake Forest, it's not exactly the most imposing place to play, but they have a good team this year. So fans are showing up. You know, mm-hmm. you're going on the road and you're going to have to find a way to neutralize that crowd and that atmosphere. I don't want to overhype it because we all know what Wake Forest is like from a fan standpoint and a stadium atmosphere standpoint, but it does matter when you're playing offenses that potent, they're going to be more comfortable at home. It's just a fact. I think Wake Forest wins this game because I don't see NC State scoring enough. And even against Wake Forest defense, I know that sounds strange, but I just don't see that happening. I think Wake Forest is able to move the ball up and down the field. NC State's defense has been fine, but it hasn't been spectacular by any stretch. Yeah. And Wake finds multiple ways to score every week. They, they throw it all over the yard. They run the ball well. They haven't had any trouble putting it in the end zone. They should have beaten UNC last weekend. Uh, this is a Wake Forest team that's still very, very good. I think this is going to be a situation where NC State just doesn't score enough points. So give me Wake Forest to win. I'm locking it up. NC State never wins and wins to Salem. So I don't think it's happening this weekend either. I, where I'm at. I, I honestly, I don't disagree. And and the big thing to me is is what you're alluding to, Mike, is that if I look at the way that these two teams have been playing for the last, you know, call it like three, four weeks, you know, whatever. Um, right. What what is the best thing in this game? It's Wake Forest offense. Yeah. Like both Wake Forest defense and both sides of the ball for NC State have shown that they have plenty of deficiencies at times. And if I trust one thing to be good for a full four quarters, it's Wake's offense. Like, yeah, I don't overthink it. They're going to give up points. They don't care. They're going right. to get their offense right back out there and score again. <laughs> and, and they also, you know, it, it's funny you mentioned, you know, NC State could run the game plan of sit on the ball and try to get Wake's offense like out of sync or out of rhythm and, and try to, you know, force mistakes, whatever. Two weeks ago, Wake Forest won a game by two touchdowns where they had the ball for like say. 16 minutes. Like, <laughs> Yeah. They gave up 56 to Army in that game. Don't give a shit. They're just yeah. going to score as quickly as possible. They yeah, they won care. by multiple scores. They don't care. <laughs> right. They don't care. So, and, and I don't think that they're going to score 70 on NC State here. But No, no, no. But I do think that, you know, they'll, they'll be able to hit some shots and they're going to come up with something. And, and it just so happens that, yeah, like this is in the little NC State house of horrors of Winston-Salem. I mean, it's it's a road trip, but it's not that far, but it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> there's something to it. There's some sort of voodoo in the stadium. I don't know. Georgia Tech I mean, has the same think, thing with Virginia. They can't win in Charlottesville. I mean, do you think Wake Forest is going to score more than 34 points in this game? That's only five touchdowns. I kind of think they could, yeah. Implied score is 34-32. I, um, I have a hard time seeing Wake not get to 40. And Me NC too. State's defense has been pretty good, but not like 
absolutely invulnerable. I mean, Wake has scored 40, what, four straight games. Their their lowest output of the season from a points standpoint was 35 against Florida State in a three-touchdown win. Right. They've scored They're at least 35 chilling, points you know. in every single game that they've played this year. Yeah. So... I'm with you. I'm with, I'm going to take Wake Forest here. I don't think I'm going to lock them up yet. We'll see. I haven't totally figured out what I'm locking up yet. We're, we we kind of do this live a little bit sometimes. Um, I haven't figured out what I'm locking up yet, but give me like 15 Van Gorder coin on Wake Forest. I feel pretty good about this game. Um, I think this pick makes sense. I think Wake Forest is going to Charlotte. For like the Duke's Mayo Bowl or like probably both. <laughs> probably both probably both yeah they regular pit. duke's mayo bowl participant wake forest yeah hopefully they're in a new year's six that'd be a lot more fun uh give me fun. give me 20 on wake and then give me 20 on the over as well i'm feeling good about that too i almost locked up the over too yeah 66 and a right. half is the total there let me while we're on this let me pull this up real quick what Wake has done total wise this year because I would not be surprised to see a pretty heavy over uh, trend here. Yeah, four of their last five games have gone over the total. Um, totals of 64, 58 and a half, 53, 71 and a half, and 78. Yeah, when you see when you see totals in the 70s go over, that's when you know. Yeah, uh, the only one was where they held Duke to seven points uh, with a total of 71 and a half. So. Yeah, yeah, and that was what 50 52 to 7. What was the score of that game? 45 7. Yeah. 45 7. Yeah. Wake did so. their part. I mean, 52 total. There you go. Yeah. Uh yeah, give me 20 on the over as well. What the hell? I can't I can't lose anything if on at least on the standings if uh if it doesn't go over the total. As the bear says, the less you bet, the more you lose when you win. That's so. the spirit. Uh, Wake in the over for the both of us. You've got Wake locked up. 20 Van Gorder coin on the over for both of us. 20 Van Gorder coin on Wake for you. 15 on Wake for me. Let's keep moving here, Mike. 3.30 on ESPN. This is one of our favorite rivalries in the conference, and it is lacking the luster this year, I think, a little bit that it normally has. Uh, the Miami Hurricanes, a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, taking on the Florida State Seminoles. Total is 61. Mike, does this line stink to you? Give me Miami. Miami. Yeah, it does. Give me Miami. And Yeah. Is there a button I should press, or are we good? No, we're okay. good. We're, we're good. Thought about it. All but right. No, what, what would Wake? Thought about it. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, give me Miami. I Miami's playing better football. Florida State is in a situation here where they don't know who their quarterback is and they don't know who's healthy and who's not week to week. Is, it, is Jordan Travis healthy enough to play? Is he not? Is Mackenzie Milton going to be in? Is he not? Uh, Miami's got some with Tyler Van Dyke and they've been consistent offensively now for the better part of the last month and Florida state, their pass defense is not very good. And Van Dyke can throw. like we have now untapped the potential in the Miami offense in the downfield passing game and it's getting better and better every week. And I think Florida state's going to have a really, really hard time slowing down Miami's passing attack. Florida state's offense on the other side, especially when Mackenzie Milton's playing, it's just simply not good. It's, it's not a good offense. 
I think Jordan Travis, if he's healthy enough to go, I think he gives him more explosiveness. But I just I worry about Florida State in this spot. You know, yes, they're at home. Yes, it's a rivalry game. Throw the records out, whatever. But Miami's just playing better football, so I think they win the game. It's that simple. That's kind of where I'm at, and, and it's where I'm I'm spooked by this line, like two and a half. That's it. I thought this would be more like around five or six. Six, yeah, six would sound kind of right to me. Um, yeah, and and I mean a month ago, I think it probably two and a half would be a lot more correct, but. I mean, yeah. what you're saying, I mean, the way that Miami's been playing and they've been like building for three weeks now, again, they, I mean, they only beat Georgia Tech by three points last week, but that game was not that close. It wasn't. Statistically, it wasn't. We talked about that in the recap. A lot of other podcasts have discussed that this week. Like, if you look at the statistics in that game, like Miami probably should have won that game by multiple scores. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like with this line, the market hasn't adjusted to how much better Miami's gotten. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a cover three podcast brought it up. It's like Miami plays their best football when they're left for dead. <laughs> and I think that's so true. Like Miami loses a couple head scratchers early in the season and everybody's saying Manny Diaz is toast. He's left for dead. You know, they think they're beating Virginia and then they miss a field goal and you know, all hell breaks loose. Right. And then from there, Miami just finds themselves a quarterback you'll remember that Tyler Van Dyke was making his first start in that UVA game, Joey, right? Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of unknowns there. If Miami was playing UVA tomorrow, I think I'd take Miami, (laughs) you know, like I might. Yeah. uh, So it's a, it's a much different scenario here as, as we sit here like five or six weeks later, this is just a Miami team that's, that's trending up with a coaching situation. That's a lot more confusing now than it was at that time too. When Miami lost that game, you and I both said on this podcast, yeah, I think they'll make a move. I think they'll make a move. And now I'm looking at him like, as long as Tyler Van Dyke keeps playing well and and Miami keeps winning games or at least being competitive in a lot of the games they play with Van Dyke, why fire him? Unless you think you're getting Mario Cristobal, which you're not, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Why fire Manny Diaz? And don't make that move unless you know for a fact, you're going to be able to land a guy like Cristobal. So I think they're riding it out with Manny Diaz at this point, Joey. I kind of think they are too. Um, I am not fully sold on that being the right move, at least long-term, but. Oh, no reason to be yet. It's early on that. Well, especially in a situation where let's say, uh, you know, someone starts to get a, a fond eye for Rhett Lashley and hires him away. Maybe, right. maybe to be an offensive coordinator, maybe to be a head coach. All right. Well, it seems like you caught lightning in a bottle with that one coordinator hire. Like, how has the rest of them worked out since you've been there? Like, can you do that again? Is the program going to keep doing what they've been doing? I'm not so sure. We'll see. Anyways, this game, uh, Miami, yes, has been playing a lot better. I, I do believe we're going to see Jordan Travis for Florida State. My understanding is that he missed last week's game with the flu um, along with – like 20 like, other guys something like two dozen of his teammates um like it's just been running rampant through at least the northern part of florida it sounds like both florida state and the university of florida having issues miami not so much um just but the way that miami's been playing them been building again what's the most reliable thing in this in this game right now kind of feels like it's miami's offense like 
they're more consistently doing things. They're getting good coaching and, and they're they're working in a successful scheme. I like Miami here. Yeah. This game, you know, we've we've heard from Cam year over year like how wonky this game can get and how much at times it doesn't really matter who the actual good team is and who the actual bad team is and some of these things. But the last couple of years, it's kind of been more tame in, in terms of results, in terms of like who, you know, the right team seems like they're winning. So by that logic, I'm going to stick with Miami and let's throw 15 Van Gorder coin on Miami. Um, still not confident. I want to lock that up knowing it gets weird, but throw that on there and then total of 61 um i I don't know i'm gonna go under i think yeah let's go under florida state's gonna try to run the ball a lot that might kind of bleed some clock and tend itself towards an under game yeah and these teams are known for uh turning the ball over and you know kind of bleeding all over themselves so struggling to finish drives and the like yeah, I think Miami wins this game by like a touchdown. That's where I'm at. I think that's probably right. Seven to ten points. Yeah, rivalry game. I do think Florida State keeps it competitive. I just, Miami's been better. And, I mean, they've been better recently. Right. And it's just, you know, they're finding something with Van Dyke. So, I, I think that's the play. They just roll with the team that's been more consistent. Yeah. And Florida State's been getting better, but it's still been somewhat of a slow process, I would say. It has been. I mean, imagine if Florida State picked off Notre Dame to beat Jacksonville State. Different yeah, context, right? It would totally, be different context. Totally different discussion. Right. It would be different context. Like, would the team be that much better? No, probably not. But we'd be speaking about them in a different light. So, just something to keep in mind there. Give me a 10 being quarter coin on Miami, by the way. You got it. And, man, the margin is, like, not only, you know, just if they had beaten Jacksonville State, but just, like, if somebody had just like made one tackle against Jacksonville state, like it's <laughs> you had a chance even within the final play to win the game and you just didn't get it done. So it's just right. Right. N- not to rub it in, not to rub it in, but you know, is what it, it is. was funny. Yeah. Uh, all right. Miami and the under for both of us. I've got 15 on my Miami. You have 10 on Miami. Let's keep going. Mike, before we talk about the next game, we got to remind the people about section one Oh three.com. Uh, Mike, it is the best place on the internet to buy Georgia Tech apparel. Uh, they have shirts, t-shirts, hoodies, uh, sweatshirts, uh, all of them that have official word marks on them from Georgia Tech. Uh, they have the, the shirts and, and, t- and sweatshirts with the official ATL logo. Uh, they've got stuff in the official Tech Gold. These are things, Mike, that you know you might not know as a Virginia Tech fan, but like it is ridiculously hard to find proper Georgia Tech apparel on the internet. Well, and that was until Section103.com came along. You can find it all right there. So go find it there. They've got, again, performance apparel. They've got normal cotton wear, everything. Go to Section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Again, it is by by far, as far as I can, am concerned, it is the best place on the Internet to buy Georgia Tech apparel. So go do that at Section103.com with promo code GOACC. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. And Mike, with that, let's talk about the game that's on ESPN 3. Check your local listings or don't. Your call. Uh, at 3.30, the Boston College Eagles are a two-point underdog in Atlanta 
taking on the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets at Bobby Dodd Stadium. Total is 53 and a half. Uh, this is one of multiple games this weekend that we're starting to ask questions of who's starting at quarterback for either of these teams. Um, we, we saw Phil Dracovic come back last week. He didn't look the best. He didn't look ultra healthy. I assume that he'll play this game if he played last week's game, but I mean, who knows? And Mike, we're also getting some uh, some message board rumblings that it may not be Jeff Sims starting at quarterback for Georgia Tech this weekend either. Why? Why not? I, I mean, I don't know if you saw some of those passes he threw in the Miami game. My guy was not stepping into those throws. He was underthrowing guys left and right, not making good decisions. Don't know if he was shook by poor offensive line play or what it was, but it sounds like there's rumors that it could be the Jordan Yates show once again on Saturday. And I mean, at this point, sure, whatever. I don't know. Uh, I mean, why, why are you benching him? I mean, he why? wasn't good. I think he was like 25 of 51 or something. Like, Yeah. Question, though, who's the starting quarterback next year? It's, as of now, it's probably Jeff Sims. Right, so don't bench him. Just don't do it. I I don't necessarily... I, I agree with what you're saying. I, yeah, I, I know you do. I know, I know you do. I'm yeah. just, Georgia Tech, I, I know where you stand here. I'm just saying, yeah. uh, Georgia Tech standpoint. I, it is I weird, Mike. This is... This, you know, if they don't start Jeff Sims this weekend, it will be the first time that I disagree with something this coaching staff has done in three years. So... We'll see. Oh, oh, really? We'll see uh, if they, you know, finally buck what I'm telling them to do. But we'll see. Are you talking about like the first time in three years you've disagreed with them after like November 5th or what? Like <laughs> after daylight savings time has ended? On a Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Is Has it really been three years since Saturday? Like some, you know, it kind of feels that way a little bit, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Captain, it's only Tuesday. Uh, Mike, I'm locking up Boston College here. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Uh, we're, so the lock against my team almost worked last week and then didn't. I just – you you want to know what a like a reasonably well-coached football team looks like against a poorly coached football team? You're going to see it on Saturday. And it's the team that's wearing the the you know the, the maroon and gold is the the well-coached football team. The team wearing the white and gold not well-coached. And well I mean keep in mind that depending on who is wearing which uniforms Boston College is a better coach team than Georgia Tech is what I'm saying. Let's 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 go through this together. Georgia Tech's defense. Mhm. Would you say that they're worse against the pass or the run? Um, I yeah, definitely, probably the pass. Right. They're not good against yeah. the run, but they're probably worse against the pass. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Phil Dracovic is just based on what you saw last Friday night? Do you think Phil Dracovic's going to be able to carve them up through the air? Based on what you just watched. I mean, take Phil Dracovic's name out of it and insert replacement level yeah. quarterback. Dennis Grossell? Yeah. I watched Braxton Burmeister have a career passing day against that defense like two weeks ago with my own eyes. I was right there. Give me Georgia Tech. Oh. <laughs> you telling me I'm wrong? 
I don't think you're right. I don't think you're right. BC's bad, Joey. Like, BC's bad. Like I, I, and I know Georgia. I know Georgia Tech's not very good either. Mm. These are these are two of the worst teams in the ACC, with kind of how things are shaping up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I saw Virginia Tech just play both of them back to back with varying levels of result and success. Because uh, Virginia Tech also. Full disclosure: One of the worst teams in the ACC. They're right there with them. Uh, I, uh, I I like Georgia Tech in a coin flip at home. You know, I BC was wholly unimpressive. You know, and I get that Virginia Tech's defense, especially against the run, probably better than Georgia Tech's. Right. So, you know, Pat Garbo really had to earn his stripes on the ground last week. But BC is not the type of offense, at least not with the Phil Dracovic I saw last week is not the type of offense that's going to pull away from anybody, right? Mm-hmm. And I just think that Georgia Tech's going to score enough points to get this thing done. And I think the way that Georgia Tech played against Miami, while disappointing, and, and while I know that a lot of Georgia Tech fans were too happy with the performance because Miami was the better team, Georgia Tech kept the score a little bit closer than it probably should have been. I think that performance, if you're able to replicate it from last week, that's going to beat Boston College, I think, at home. I, I do. And now the question is, Joey, that the follow-up, and I saw your I saw your face there, and I know where you're going with this. Do we see the same Georgia Tech team week over week? <laughs> like, do we get some sort of consistency? Not huge often. question. <laughs> not not the answer is not often. It is a huge question. I know I'm going out on a limb by saying that, and I get that Jeff Halfley has his team better coach than Jeff Collins. I just think Georgia Tech's a little better. Neither one of these teams are very good. I think Georgia Tech's a little bit better at this stage, and I think Georgia Tech wins. Under, by the way. Yeah. Under. I'm um, on the under here more than anything else, and I'm actually. Mm, I won't do it. I, I won't. I won't. We won't press the button on the under. I thought about it, though, <laughs> but give me uh, give me ten Van Gorder coin on the under. Ten on the under. Um, you know, you, you bring up an interesting point, Mike, and and I hadn't really put two and two together on this until you mentioned it. Is that your Hokies have seen these two teams the last two weeks. And I, I do think it's maybe a somewhat valid data point to go to the uh, transitive property of Virginia Tech beating Georgia Tech by nine and then losing by 14 to Boston College. Uh, it seems like, a, a you know, I'm not saying that Georgia Tech is 23 points worse than Boston College, but it does seem valid that one team couldn't hang with Virginia Tech and, and the other one kind of blew them out. And I'm not saying I'm invoking the transitive property either. I'm just saying that at halftime last Friday night, I tweeted, Boston College ain't good enough to pull away from this garbage Virginia Tech team. Hope everybody had the under. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, really believe that that had everything to do with Virginia Tech's total ineptitude than it did with Boston College being capital G good. Like, yeah, I, don't think, no. I don't think we're mistaking that here. So. I don't know. I, and I get Georgia Tech's been really up and down, but I think Georgia Tech's best is better than Boston College's best, and they're at home. I'm going with Jackets here. Close game. Yeah, I mean, a couple other d- data points here. Like, this is Georgia Tech's last chance, realistically, to get a win this year. Um, their final two games are at Notre Dame and home against Georgia. Um, yeah. There, there's a non-zero chance you could beat Notre Dame. There is a zero chance that you could beat Georgia. Um, so... <laughs> But best I, team in college football by default. Yeah, basically. Um, the the only one that doesn't have glaring deficiencies, at least right. that anybody's good enough to expose. We'll Ex- put it that expose. Way. Yeah, no, I agree. 
Um, so, I mean, if you if you really want to take that step forward, Mike, and go from three wins in 2019, three wins in 2020, to get four wins this year, you need to win this game. Um, you do. So that's, that's an important data point. The other thing is, to me, looking at this Boston College program, like, Georgia Tech is the more talented team on the field on Saturday. Like, pretty much no doubt, like, it's... Boston College, one of the least talented teams in the ACC. Georgia Tech, you know, they're kind of on the on the tipping point of being one of the more talented teams in the ACC. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The difference to me, and again, this kind of comes back to what I said originally, is what, when Jeff Halfley and that staff took over at Boston College, uh, I guess it was, what, December of 19, you know, early 2020, um, I, I was really skeptical of – bringing him in and then some of the assistant hires that he made just like it's a bunch of NFL guys and guys that I was like I don't know how I feel about all this like do these guys know how to recruit like is this really a, a, a the way to structure a college coaching staff like all that stuff and all they've done ever since is basically coach circles around like half the league at least and if they can coach circles around you know, a number of coaches in the league, they can sure as hell coach circles around this coaching staff. Like Georgia Tech's coaching staff is running out amateur hour right now. It, it looks like in certain cases, at least on the defensive side of the ball. So that's, that's my biggest concern here is I think they're going to get out coached and I think Boston college is going to win the game. So. I mean, I, that's definitely within the realm of possibility. Yeah. Now, I think you're also correct to take the under here because I don't know that Boston College is necessarily going to score a whole lot of points. This this could well be like a 24-21 kind of game. Um, I, I 53 and a half is not a big total, but I, I'm with you. I think it goes under. And um, I'll leave that alone from a wagering standpoint. But... Uh, I locked up Boston College for 20 Van Gorder coin. You have Georgia Tech. We both have the under. You have the under for 10 Van Gorder coin. Moving on, Mike. 7.30 p.m. on ABC, the number 10 Notre Dame Fighting Irish. What's their new ranking? There's a new ranking, I'm sure. The uh, They are ninth, I believe. The number nine Notre Dame Fighting Irish taking on the Virginia Cavaliers in Charlottesville. Uh, Virginia, a five and a half point underdog here. Total is 64. Mike, there is rumor swirling about whether or not Brandon Armstrong is going to play. Seems like he might, but he also could maybe not. Seems optimistic. Let's just assume I think that he's going to play. Yeah, I uh, don't think it matters. Really? I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. I mean, on. Virginia's defense has been so bad. It's, and yeah. Notre Dame's just getting better and better every week. And they've gotten better defensively now without Kyle Hamilton. I mean, Kyle Hamilton hasn't played going on three weeks. Not sure if he's going to play either. They say he's making progress with the short-term knee injury, but I do wonder how serious he is about coming back, knowing that Notre Dame's playoff chances this year are probably about zero with their record and with Cincinnati kind of standing between them and the Top four, although although I say that fully acknowledging that Michigan just jumped Michigan State tonight in the playoff rankings despite a head-to-head victory that Michigan State had over Michigan literally like 12 calendar days ago. Mm. So I, I guess anything's possible. 
but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty low chance Notre Dame makes the playoff is my point. So how willing is Kyle Hamilton to, to rush back from a knee injury when he's a potential top five pick? Virginia's defense has been bad. Uh, Virginia's offense certainly will be better with Brennan Armstrong than with anyone else. I think that's abundantly clear. Like they need him there, but even if he does play, he's not going to be a hundred percent and Notre Dame's defense just prepared. And I get, I get Navy's bad, right? I understand it. Like mm-hmm. Navy's not a very good football team. I get the USC is not a very good football team, but Notre Dame just eviscerated both of those teams. And then sandwich in between was a really prolific offense, a UVA like offense in North Carolina that they totally obliterated in South Bend two weeks ago. This Notre Dame team is rolling right now, Joey. They are rolling. I mean, they're playing their best football of the year. They've actually been, everybody's talking about, you know, Michigan and Ohio State and Bama and all these teams that, you know, keep on winning but have flaws. Like, who's going to be the team that challenges Georgia? And I'm not saying that Notre Dame is going to step up and challenge Georgia. I'm not saying Notre Dame's even going to make the playoff. But if you're looking for a team in the top 10, if you're looking for a team in the top 10 that's playing most consistent football on anybody right now outside of Georgia, Notre Dame's got a pretty good argument. Right, mm-hmm. like Notre Dame's got a damn good argument with how they played the last five or six weeks. Give me the Irish; they're the better team. I think they they win outright. They they cover the five and a half in Charlottesville. I think whether or not Brandon Armstrong plays will obviously be a huge factor into how close this game is. But I just think Notre Dame's better. Jack Cohen's been playing really well. They're finding the running game. Kyron Williams and and Chris Tyree have been much better the last few weeks. The offensive line seems to be getting more cohesion, which is to be expected with, you know, when you lose that many offensive linemen to pros, there's an into graduation, there's going to be some drop off there, but they have gotten better. And UVA's defense, it's been up and down. You know, we've seen some times where they've been okay. We've seen other times where they've been absolutely an absolute abomination mm-hmm. on that side of the football. Notre Dame is just more consistent on both sides of the ball. And they're the better team. They're battle tested. They've gone on the road. They're not, I don't think they're, you know, afraid to go on the road to Charlottesville. You know, I, I don't think that's a concern for them. No. Um, you know, they're playing a better team in UVA uh, than, than they played at Virginia Tech. And Notre Dame won a tight game there in Blacksburg. That's a that's a much tougher environment to go into on Saturday night than going to Charlottesville. I don't think that's a, a big concern for Notre Dame. I, give me give me the Irish here, Joey, regardless of Brian Armstrong's health. I think Notre Dame wins this game by like uh, 10, 10 to 14. I think they win comfortably. It's kind of where I'm at. Inside of a touchdown, I think I like Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, like you said, I mean, the way that they're playing is really improving. You never know if, yeah, Brendan Armstrong's going to play and then he's going to take a sack in the second quarter and all of a sudden he'll be out for the rest of the game. Um, you know, right. he, he had what we thought were broken ribs, which was speculated on because, again, he was walking off the field at BYU and very clearly mouthed, I think I've got broken ribs. Um <laughs> you know, subtle. I like it. Um, very subtle. I, it's also, it could mean t- anything like you mentioned. It could mean right, anything. Yeah. You, you know, who knows what that could translate to. Um, Virginia's defense, by the way, I, I think is probably the main problem in this game is I, I think Notre Dame is going to be able to control this game on offense, uh, based on the way that Virginia's defense is going to struggle to stop them. Um, I believe, you know, with Kyron Williams, Chris Tyree, I think they're gonna be able to run the ball. Um, you know they'll, they'll try to limit, I think, what they do in the passing game between Jack Cohn, Tyler Buckner, and I think there's a third quarterback that they sometimes run out there. Um, 
Oh, uh, Drew Pine. Drew Pine, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think they're going to try to go air raid with this thing, but I think with the way that Virginia's offense likes to play with just, you know, hucking it down the field, big plays, like, you know, try to uh, try to play the old Big 12 style of football, like – I think Notre Dame might try to slow it down and limit the possessions a little bit. Not that they initially have to, but I just don't know that Virginia is going to do a ton to stop Notre Dame from running the ball. And that's good enough. I think that's good enough. Um, so I'm with you. Give me, give me the Irish uh, minus the five and a half total of 64. Um, I'm, I might go over that. Virginia just has a way of getting themselves into some of these over games where they uh, they get real pointsy. So, uh, give me Notre Dame in the over. Yeah, give me the over as well. Give me 10, 10 Van Gorder coin on Notre Dame too. Ten on Notre Dame. All right, you got I've it. I've now put a wager on every single one of these games so far. Yes, with the exception except, of the oh, Thursday except night. for the first. Yeah, except for a Thursday night game. But yeah, you know, we don't count weeknight games unless we're betting <laughs> against Bowling Green. That's right. That's right. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from this from a wagering standpoint. Um, I don't feel super strongly about it, but it is interesting to me that there's a top ten team that's favored by less than a touchdown, even being on the road. Um, I think that's noteworthy and speaks to where Virginia is as a program right now. So good for you, who's? Yep, for sure. Uh, moving on at noon on ESPN three, I believe this is the Jefferson Pilot special. So check your local listings, or you know, or don't your call. Uh, Syracuse is a three-point underdog on the road in Louisville, taking on the Cardinals. Total is fifty-five and a half. I, what, what, what are we doing with this spread, Mike? The this line stinks too. This line stinks too. Well, I don't know what to do with this whatsoever. <laughs> I do. The wrong team's favored. Syracuse, lock it up. Whoa! You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Is this some of that like residual uh, orange beat my team, so they must be really good? It's kind of hanging around for you. They're running all over everybody. They have been, yes. They're running. They're running literally all over everybody, and they're coming off a bye. Louisville's defense has been like, really pretty good for like three quarters of the last two weeks. <laughs> They've just you I, know given it up hand over fist in the fourth quarter, but <laughs> for three quarters they've been pretty decent. <laughs> Yeah, good thing Syracuse is a pretty decent fourth quarter team. Ooh, ouch! Yeah, man, that one hurt. <laughs> that one, that one really stung. That that hurt. It's like um, point to the doll, you know, point to the doll <laughs> where they hurt you, and you kind of go, you kind of go everywhere. You're gonna get but especially, but especially right here. Yeah, <laughs> right here um, in the defense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right here. Uh. Yeah, right in the uh, right in the family jewels. Right in the secondary. Yeah. Damn it! Right in the secondary. <laughs> <sighs> Man, uh, yeah, give me cues. I the wrong team's favored. This is a Syracuse offense that's run all over everybody. Louisville, a real lackluster effort offensively last Saturday. I think we can all agree. Mm-hmm. Just a real mad performance against NC State. NC State's defense is fine, by the way, but I just you expect a little bit more than that. Like 14 points and you fell behind and never really showed any fight after that. Mm-hmm. And Syracuse's defense has been pretty decent all year. Like 
Syracuse's defense has actually been the best part of their team for a longer period of time than this running game has been. Mm-hmm. The Sean Tucker thing didn't really start till October. So in the early part of the year, it was Syracuse's defense that was like, okay, they're, they're solid. And then Syracuse moved from DeVito to Schrader, decided they were just going to power run everybody to death. And they've done that. And Sean Tucker's been really good. Garrett Schrader's been really good. I just, I think the wrong, I think the wrong team's favored. That's kind of where I'm at with it. I think Syracuse is the better team. I think Syracuse is going to make a bowl game. I think they're going to do it by beating Louisville on Saturday. So shout out Dino Babers. Shout out Syracuse. I think they get it done at Cardinal Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Uh, I I disagree. I think I think the right team is favored, but I think you're on the right side of it, Mike. Uh, Hell yeah, let's do this thing. I think Syracuse is. I think Syracuse wins this game. Uh, Hell yeah, man. Louisville. Uh, first of all, let's start here, and I, this is probably 100 percent the wrong place to start, but. Louisville's lost four out of five. They have collapsed in the fourth quarter in three of those four losses uh, in some form or fashion. And with the way that the whole thing has gone in this program for the last like two years, uh, I feel like there is some very real quit potential here. Um, So picking Syracuse, A, has a little bit to do with that. B, it's, you know, again, the defense has looked good for extensive stretches of games, but has not been able to put together a full game doing that since, I mean, they beat Boston college. Uh, Other than that, I mean, it's been since the Florida state game back in September that they've looked really pretty good for four quarters within reason. So, um, the way Syracuse has been playing with kind of where it feels like this Louisville program is trending to, it's only a three point spread in in Syracuse is the road team, but man, I think this is the time to jump on the orange. I think they're going to get there. So I'm with you. Give me Syracuse. I'm not going to personally lock it up, uh, but I think that's the right side to be on here. Yeah. Okay. Well, only a slight disagreement. It was only about whether or not the right team was favored. So I'll take it. Yeah. Um, in Syracuse, again, really heavily focused on the run game. Like in, in Louisville's defense, I think has been pretty decent, but Syracuse has also shown that, I mean, by running the ball on Clemson, if you can run the ball on Clemson, you can probably run it on just about anybody. Um, so, I would agree. You know, uh, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Give me give me the orange uh, plus the three. I think they probably win the game outright. So um, there is that total is fifty five and a half. Uh, let's go over uh, Louisville. Not not good at playing under games. Yeah, I'm on the over as well. And give me uh, give me 15 on Syracuse. 15 on Syracuse. I'm just spraying the damn board tonight. You are. You are. You are at one, two, three, four, five, six wagers already. Um, I'm only yeah. at four. So uh, I, I have a, a feeling I'm going to be wagering on the next one. <laughs> yeah. Probably not what you're expecting either. Um, all right. Syracuse and the over for the both of us. You have. Well, uh- I'm going to let you start then. Sorry. <laughs> you have Syracuse locked up for 15 Van Gorder coin. Uh, two more here, Mike, in the ACC. 3.30 p.m. on the ACC network, the Duke Blue Devils. An 11.5-point underdog <laughs> on the road taking on your Virginia Tech Hokies. And, Mike, I kind of can't believe I'm saying this. Oh, Jesus. You're not going to do this, are you? No, I'm not going to lock him up. Uh, I think I really okay. like the Hokies here. 
I like the Hokies here too. Okay. Right. Well, I do too. I like the Hokies here too. Uh, Justin Fuente's final home game is Virginia Tech's head coach. There it is. That that hasn't been like formally announced, but let's just all be adults here and agree. Um, I you know between that and the way that Duke has been playing, this is like Virginia Tech's going to win this game by three touchdowns, right? Uh, I don't know about three touchdowns. Probably two, probably two though. Yeah, probably two. I, and I don't think it really matters that Virginia Tech can't throw the ball. By the way, I don't like I don't think it matters. Either. No, like the the difference the difference between Boston College and emotionally in the in the recap, I said you know I don't think Virginia Tech could beat Duke. Then I took a step back and <laughs> I acted like an adult and I thought about what I said and I remembered that Duke is total ass. <laughs> and while while Virginia Tech is also ass, they are less assy than Duke, which is very ass. Right. So yeah. That's my very uh, scientific conclusion I came to, which I thought was fine. Are you going to like publish a paper on that or? <laughs> I mean, I could do one of those like find and replaces with Virginia Tech and put or, or, or Duke, I mean, and put Virginia Tech or I could put Justin Fuente or I could put Georgia Tech or I could put <laughs> uh, who else? Who else we talked about? Oh, Boston College. Yeah, yep. Like, I can UConn, who we'll talk about in a second. Not an ACC team, but they count. Bowling Green. Yeah. So, point being, yeah, I think Virginia Tech wins this game. Duke's rushing defense, eh, not great. And mm-hmm. Virginia Tech runs the ball really well, and they have been running the ball well. They ran the ball well in the game against Boston College as well, when BC was in a situation where they were able to load the box for the better part of three and a half quarters. And Virginia Tech's top two running backs, Malachi Thomas and Raheem Blackshear averaged five and a half yards per carry. Uh, Thomas had 13 for 70. That's 5.4 yards per rush. Raheem Blackshear, 12 for 67, 5.6 yards per rush. Together, 25 carries, 137 yards, five and a half yards per carry. It's pretty wild that they were in a situation where they could only score three points in that game against BC. The issue for Virginia Tech is that they went three of 11 on third down. I expect that number to be a little bit better in this game. And now that you know, like defend it, well, they don't know definitively. They're playing coy. I don't think I'm. I'm not sure Braxton Burmeister is going to play. Justin Fuente said ask. that. Yeah, Fuente said you know he'll play if he can, which isn't the greatest vote of confidence, right? He'll That's, play I if mean, he can. It's a hundred percent factual answer. I I would imagine. Right. Uh, Trey Turner will likely return, so keep an eye on that. He has some weird. He's got some weird stuff going on. Mm-hmm. He had, um, he had a lung thing where he had some air trapped in his shoulder, and it got aggravated by air travel. So it, his shoulder was fine, and then he realized he was having trouble talking in the post game of the Georgia Tech game, and then flying back from Atlanta, his shoulder started really hurting. They got him checked out by like four or five specialists. Bottom line is they didn't want him flying again on a plane to BC. Mm-hmm. They wanted to just rest him. So I think he'll probably play in this game against Duke. Not sure about Burmeister. So we'll keep an eye on that. Doesn't really matter. I think Virginia Tech runs the ball enough here. I think Virginia Tech's defense, more importantly, shuts down Duke. Uh, Mateo Durant's a good running back. I think he'll he'll be fine. But I, I think Duke's going to have trouble throwing the ball in this game. So give me the Hokies by two touchdowns. Senior day. Give yeah, me the, the under, too. Under, the, by the way. Also. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, totals fifty, so under there for you. Um, I, that that's really my one question here is is Braxton Burmeister playing or are we getting the uh, was it Nox Nox Kadem Kadem experience? experience? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, man, that that really does kind of because you could completely and totally see Knox Kadem going in there and, and Virginia Tech winning like thirteen to ten or getting to some like ridiculous rock fight of a game. Um, so I'm going to leave this alone from a wagering standpoint, but I, I, Me too. I am on it uh, from a Virginia tech standpoint. Like if you look at SP plus SP plus has Virginia tech on a neutral field by like 13 and a half. <laughs> but again, that doesn't account for maybe Braxton Burmeister doesn't play. Maybe, you know, the first couple of games of the year, they were a lot better than they were now. Like, you know, things like that. So, um, didn't, Clearly doesn't factor into Justin Fuentes, that coach. No, no. But I, I just, you know, this feels like a, a win one for the Gipper, last stand in Blacksburg kind of thing. I don't have a ton of, of uh, you know, in-depth analysis here, but Virginia Tech feels like the right side here. Um, I'm, I'm looking up and down my picks. I'm taking a lot of favorites, but what could possibly go wrong? Um, yeah, totals 50. I don't know that Virginia Tech is going to give up a whole lot of points. I'm really not sure they're going to score a whole lot of points. So, yeah, that that is a big, big number. Um, I might go – give me 15 on the under. Ooh. Okay. I'm going to leave it all alone. Yeah. I got to have some discipline at some point. I don't see this getting shootouty at all. Like, I mean, the implied score here is what, like 31-19? Yes, ish. That's, that's there. Neither team is scoring that much, are they? I don't think so. I don't think. I mean, if Duke scores thirty-one on Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, it, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. It, no, actually, none of this matters. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matters. matter. If it, they would have, they would have fired him already. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. Virginia Tech in the under for the both of us. I've got 15 on the under. Last one, Mike. Noon on the ACC Network. <sighs> Let's make this quick. The UConn Huskies okay. yep. on the road in Death Valley taking on the Clemson Tigers. Clemson's a 41-point favorite. And, Mike, maybe most importantly, they're a 41-point favorite, and the game's total is 50. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. UConn's 41. expected to score, what, like six points here or something like that? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Implied score of. God damn. Sorry. I can't believe this. <laughs> this is like a. So th- this is like kind of dueling issues here, right? What? Like, this is clearly like a name your score game for Clemson. But on the other hand, are they good enough to name their score against like anybody? I made this mistake earlier in the year. You'll remember that I tried to talk to you, and and I did actually successfully talk talk you into taking UMass plus yeah. the points against Florida State. And yeah. uh, Joey, I'm I'm sorry that I did that. Mm. You know, uh, give me Clemson. Give give me Clemson. All right, give me Clemson. I'm not going to overthink this. Yeah, let's not overthink it. Yeah, Clemson's offense. Look, Clemson's offense has been looking a little bit better in recent weeks. It's not by any stretch like the same offense we've been accustomed to seeing, but they've been playing a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, Clemson in the over. Um, I'm not interested in wagering on this in either direction. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's totally feasible that Clemson wins this game like 48 to three or something like that. Like, um, but like you said, I mean, they they have been slowly but surely kind of pulling it together a little bit. And this could very easily be just like the the old net crack game. Just, you know, make yourself feel better about yourself kind of thing. Yeah. You realize the implied score of this game is like, it's like 45 to four. Yeah. (laughs) So that might be the most go ACC as hell score I've ever heard in my life. If that were that also, that also might be college football score. Gabby, that that might be on the table. Yeah. Not, not a lot of uh, boxes lit up on the uh, four line or in the four column. No, no, I would agree. Yeah. Do you want to go in depth on you know what Clemson can exploit with UConn other than everything? No. Okay. I don't. Good. Good. Good thing we get to preview Bowling Green next. There you go. Did you say over or under for this game? Oh, uh, I'll just go over. I'll go. I'll just join you. Who cares? Yeah, Clemson in the over for both of us. No, thank you from a uh, wagering standpoint. I will. I will take a hard pass. Absolutely. On that. Mike, uh, one more game here. I, I don't know how this got on the, the rundown. And it's kind of a shame that we didn't do this first because it is the Wednesday night game. It's at 7 o'clock on the CBS Sports Network as the what Toledo I Rockets. The, the Rockets, right. I was thinking the Mud Hens. I think that's a minor league baseball team. That that is that is a minor league baseball team. Yeah, the Toledo, the Toledo Rockets. The Red Rockets. <laughs> Toledo's on the road in Bowling Green taking on our Falcons. Leaving that alone, eh? I'm leaving it alone. This is a family program, Mike. We've we've been over this. Uh, Bowling Green is a 10.5 point underdog at home. Um, I, I mean... Toledo's not that good. I mean, Toledo's not that good. But Jason Candle can out-scheme Scott Leffler, can he? Probably... Bowling Green was at its best last week when their head coach wasn't on the sideline. <laughs> He's going to be on the sideline this weekend, so I think you're right. Let's go. Let's go Toledo here. Ironically, Vir- ironically, Virginia Tech is also at their best when Scott Leffler's not on the sideline, <laughs> and they're even better when Fuente's not there too. Oh yeah, Ooh. and Brad Cornelson. Hey, <laughs> uh, T- Toledo. What a, what a charmed existence we both live, Mike. So at least we get our jokes. At least we have a avenue and a platform and a medium to get our jokes off. Exactly. Exactly. My wife would get so annoyed with me if I couldn't tell you my jokes. Uh, my wife, likewise. <laughs> Mike, that's all I got on these games. Anything else? You want to recap? Yeah, let's recap. Let's recap. Uh, so, Locks, you have locked up. Wake Forest minus the two against NC State and Syracuse plus the three at Louisville. I have locked up Boston College plus the two at Georgia Tech. Uh, You have, let's see, 20 on Wake Forest minus the two, 20 on over 66 and a half in that game, 10 on Miami minus the two and a half against Florida State, 10 on under 53 and a half in Georgia Tech, Boston College, 10 on Notre Dame minus the five and a half, 15 on Syracuse plus the three. 
Uh, I have 15 on Wake minus the two, uh, 20 on over 66 and a half in that game. Uh, Miami minus two and a half with 15. Boston College uh, plus the two at 20 and under 50 in Virginia Tech Duke uh, for 15 Van Gorder coin. Clear as mud. Clear as, Clear mud. as mud. Yeah. Yep. Mike, last thing. Other games you're interested in betting this weekend? Let me have it. Baylor plus five and a half at home against OU. I think they could potentially win that game outright. I like Auburn minus five and a half against Mississippi State. Look at the noon window currently. So this is, I'm not, I wouldn't advise this. I'm not actually putting money on it. I'm just telling you, I'm going to look smart if this ends up, you know, kind of coming in Friday night. Cincinnati is a 23 and a half point favorite in Tampa, taking on the South Florida Bulls. Give me the Bulls and the points there. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a hold your nose. I don't. I'm not really interested in betting on South Florida in most cases, but Cincinnati has not looked particularly good for three straight weeks. They, they haven't. Should, they should not be favored by over three touchdowns in this game. Now, and betting against Cincinnati has been pretty pretty profitable, but I'm not sure betting on Jeff Scott has been very profitable either. No. So. Yeah, definitely a hold your nose situation. Yeah, I agree. Interesting. All right. Well, I thought about that, but then I re- remembered it was South Florida and just figured I'd be best off leaving it alone. Thought better of it. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I would have bet that game. Mm. Still might. We, we all grow sometimes, Mike. Still might bet it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Utah minus anything. They're rolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're really impressed against Stanford last Friday night. Now they get Arizona coming off their first win. Grass Arizona. The only reason they won is because Cal's entire team had COVID to the point where now Cal has a game that's now, it was canceled this afternoon against USC, and now it's been postponed to the first weekend in December because neither team is going to make the Pac 12 championship. So, goodness. Yeah. So, a lot going on there, but give me Utah over Arizona. Utah is a 24 point favorite. No problem betting it. No problem. Don't hate TCU plus the 13 at Oklahoma State. Mm. Um, I am concerned that's in like, you know, me wanting to jump on that is an overreaction to them winning this past weekend. Um, and, and I swear I'm not trolling here either, Mike. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily hate Kansas plus the 30 and a half at Texas. I think you're trolling. I, I swear I'm not like what has Texas done to be, you know, they could be Four a, and five? First, a 30 and a half point first half favorite, but full game. Absolutely not. All right. Enjoy. Enjoy that. The Lance Leifold thing. I, I do like him, but mm-hmm. enjoy that. Enjoy that year one thing. Uh, Purdue is going on the road to Ohio state hmm. at three, three thirty on ABC. Ohio state is a 20 point favorite. Are we uh, banging that big ass drum, Mike? We may be being in that big-ass drum, although it is a little bit of a letdown spot for Purdue. And the other side of this is that Purdue is much better at ross Stadium than they are on the road. That's my only hesitancy betting on Purdue here. But 20 yes. seems like a lot for an Ohio State team that has struggled mightily to gain separation in a lot of the games they've played this year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'll bet it. I'm going to probably think on that a little bit more. Yep. And, I, I, you know, again, I feel like I'm bad at this segment, but 
let's say this. Uh, I, I'm not sure I'm interested in betting it, but I'm very interested in what the number is here with Arizona State, Washington. Arizona State being favored by five and a half on the road. Jimmy Lake is suspended for this game, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, he is. So I, there's a lot of variables at play here. It could go very right or very wrong for Washington here without their head coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably staying away. But probably. Arizona, Arizona State might be the right side up. I uh, really don't mind Auburn minus the five and a half against uh, Mississippi State. No, I like Auburn there. Yep, I, think that's I like Auburn. Good matchup for the Tigers. Um, other than that, I, I like be... Troy. Troy plus seven at home. Okay, against Louisiana, it's probably going to be a play. I Troy yeah. is uh, Troy yeah. is good. Louisiana is not quite as good as their record. No, and, and Troy can muck up some games a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Kind of drag you down to your level. Yeah, Troy in the under. How do we feel about South Carolina plus the one against Missouri? I think South Carolina could win that game outright and go to a bowl game. Goodness gracious. Let down spot, though. It's like the this road, sport has no shame Cox. at all. No shame. No. no shame. But I feel like if you can beat Florida 40-17, to 17, you could probably beat Missouri by a point. Uh, yeah, but that that's math. Out. That's it's just math. Yes. And other than that, Georgia only favored by 20 on the road against Tennessee. And I, I feel like Tennessee is the only team that maybe has a shot to give them even a scare. Yeah, I agree. No, thank you on that one for yeah, me. Pass. No, thanks. No, thanks. Georgia will win, I think, but no, thanks on the uh, spread. Yeah, I'm good there. Arkansas favored by two and a half in Baton Rouge. That's mm. interesting. Uh, keep an eye on that. What LSU team is going to show up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it for me. I don't think I have any other uh, opinions here, Mike. Nevada, Nevada, San Diego State, ten thirty window. You got to bet a late game. Always bet a late game. UTEP's only a one point favorite against North Texas. Give me UTEP. Give me the Miners. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Getting spicy. Yep. Absolutely. Let's do it. Getting spicy. Let's do it. Um, once again, Mike. Joey says, you know, you know what? Screw it. I'm betting Conference USA. <laughs> well, well, they're still in Conference USA, and then we'll see what yeah. happens during tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cuse is dead. There you well, go. not really, that. Not really though, because they got Liberty. Yeah, they're pretty much dead. Liberty <laughs> went to Sunbelt. Are they in Conference USA, too? Yeah. I don't they're know. independent, but they're going somewhere. Was this like I some weird quiz show? Like, I don't know. What can you name all the teams in the Conference USA? Like, no. <laughs> Stump the Schwab stuff here. <laughs> Stump the Schwab. Are you kidding? Oh my God, you're dating us. I. Man, oh, that was a man, great show. That's, that's one of the. That's one of the few references that I can look at and say, you know what? I'm. <laughs> I'm pretty old. Stump the Schwab. She. <laughs> That is a throwback. When did that go off the air? This is good podcasting, but I need to I need to look this up now. And I'll take any and all guesses right now. I'm gonna guess two thousand four. I'm gonna say two thousand two. Let's see. Oh, it went from two thousand four to two thousand six. All right. We got it right by uh, Price is Right rules. Nice, very nice. Uh yeah, that show was something. That was presented by Stuart Scott. Rest in peace, Stuart Scott. Oh man, the goat rip. Big rip, but yeah, the goat. Uh, it was on ESPN Classic also for the final year. Like the only useful thing that channel's ever done, other than re-air like the nine to six Georgia Tech Wake Forest ACC championship game. 
Is ESPN Classic still a thing? I believe it is. I don't. I think I get it on YouTube TV. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I could tell you right now because I have YouTube TV scre- scre- streaming to my left, but whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it's uh, fine. We started talking about ESPN Classic and YouTube TV, which means it's time to get out of here. Um, yes, that's that's right. <laughs> Uh, as always, once again, all those spreads totals that we talked about are brought to you by BetUS.com. Use promo code GOACC for a 125% sign-up bonus on your first deposit of $100. Um, I tried to say that as much like a normal person as possible. Uh, Mike, let's get out of here. Let's go watch these games and come back and recap them. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel SOS. Together at BC Podcast ACC. You can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, on iTunes, you know, wherever you find podcasts. Uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit the follow button. We really appreciate that. Mike, where else can they find us on the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Check us out on Instagram at PC Podcast ACC. We'll be posting there at some point. Yes, yes, please do, please do. Um, we appreciate those. It, it, I mean, it's been a minute. It might be another minute, but we promise if you go hit the follow button, there'll be something there at some point. We promise. Yep. Yeah, for sure. There you go. Uh, Mike, I think that's all I got. Anything else on week 11? Man, this will be interesting. It sure will. You, uh, you want to come back and recap these games, mayhaps? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Sounds good. Well, for that guy, Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC. Another